1: Welcome to the College Football Survivor Show, where playoff survival is always on the line. Here are your co-hosts, Doug LaMaurice and Shahan Jeharaja. Welcome back to Wednesday Pod. Shahan, it's always good when I'm excited at the start of the pod, which certainly applies today. We are drafting 1 through 10. The best combo programs in the country, best combo athletic departments, men's basketball and football combined squished together the parameters matter a little bit here i think it's a lot of right now a little bit of recent history however far back you want to go some potential for the future that matters a little bit and then all the things that go into a program but you know i think we're going to come up with similar things i also think we're gonna have disagreements how did you sort of decide the guardrails for how you were going to rank these athletic departments in these two programs
0: yeah, I mean, I I think it was very difficult, to be quite honest. Uh, you know, for me, I tried to be balanced, right? I tried to think of programs that truly did have plus football and plus basketball programs. If you do have an elite, elite program, I think that that does help. But, you know, for example, I mean, I think you could look at Kansas. Kansas has a blue blood basketball program, but they're like legitimately worst football program in the country. So for me, I couldn't do it. But, you know, if you have an elite football program and a pretty good basketball program, they were on my list. If you have a very good basketball program and a pretty good football program, that's on my list, right? I, there's there's a Big Ten school, for example, uh, that that's, I will probably bring up that I wouldn't consider either of their programs to be super elite, but I think that they're both really good and really underrated. So some of it is value-based. I do think that, uh, I do think that, you know, to some extent, I do judge these programs also in terms of like what they accomplish relative to expectations, right? Like, I'm not expecting everybody to be USC football. I'm not expecting everybody to be Alabama football. Like, if you're punching above your weight, I gave value for that. But uh, you know, it's it's difficult to, to be quite honest. There's there's so many different kinds of arguments here. I do think, to me, it's
1: sort of: Are you playing at a big time level throughout the calendar? Are your fans, if you are a fan of the school, which means you are a fan of the football program and the men's basketball program, are you feeling pretty good week to week that you think, hey, wow, football season's over. That was cool, but I'm not sad going into basketball. Or at the end of football season, I'm not going, oh, God, I let football season end so we can get to basketball. And I'm not feeling like we're underachieving. And and you do have to slide the scale a little bit, but you've got to perform on a big-time level, basically. To, to sort of be in this conversation. I will say I looked at college sports reference. The most wins for college basketball teams in the last five seasons, five of the 10 teams in the top 10 aren't playing major college football, which makes it a little interesting. Gonzaga, Villanova, Belmont, Liberty, Loyola, right? So it's just kind of when you take Gonzaga and Villanova, who have been two of the best programs in college basketball, kind of out of the equation, then it's like that makes it a little interesting. I will say that one of the reasons I'm sort of eager to comment this, my second year, is this right? My second year covering college sports, I covered the football season and then the college basketball season that ended with Ohio State and Florida playing in both national title games. So this was a thing that back then, That's this is all we talked about. Combo programs Oh, like Florida won the national championships. They went back to back with the Joe Kim, Noah, Al Horford, Billy Donovan basketball teams. And then, of course, the Urban Meyer football team beat Ohio State in national championship game in football. That was like, oh, my God, how could you, you can't be better than that? Looking at the basketball national champs since then, there really hasn't been sort of a football program, whatever that means, quotation marks basketball national champ since Florida, other than maybe Louisville in 2013, those two football seasons around that Rick Pitino national championship, Charlie strong at Louisville went 11 and two in 2012 and 12 and one in 2013. So, and in the midst of that Louisville basketball won the national championship. So shout out to Louisville. They would have been very high back then if we did this eight years ago, nine years ago, very high on this list. But then, you know, we're in a lot of Villanova, Duke kind of stuff that it's like, well, I don't know. David Cutcliffe kind of fell off at the end at Duke, and how do you do that? So it is more difficult. So let's draft. We're going to draft 10 programs, and I'm going to give you the number one pick because I think this could be a moment that we will never forget on the College Football Survivor Show.
0: I mean, if you're gonna give me the number one pick, then I mean I, I have to pick Baylor, right? Baylor won the national championship in 2021 in college basketball. They were a one seed this year in college basketball, even though they did lose in the second round. Baylor went 12 and 2, won the Sugar Bowl, won the Big 12. It's hard for me to make an argument right this second that anybody's rolling in both of the sports like Baylor. I mean, it's funny. You you bring up the whole thing of uh of getting to the end of football season and not feeling like uh. Oh, Hurry up and get to the end of football season, or oh, oh no, it's basketball season. You know our sports interest is over. I mean, Baylor through the fall and the and the winter is is popping all year long. I mean, they you know they obviously again being a top five type team, being a top ten type team, being a one seed, being a team that was you know finished number five in the final AP poll. You know, this is a little bit of a moment. That's that's the one thing that you say, right, is that Baylor has not been a national championship football program. And this is kind of the first time that they've reached that level in basketball. But if you're talking about programs that right now, you know, March 30th, 2022, are at the level where they're competing both for their conference, for the college football playoff and for national championships in basketball. It's hard for me to make an argument that anybody's closer to doing that than Baylor.
1: I don't know that anybody anywhere would pick any program other than Baylor. Uh, what they have done in football, again, as you said, Dave Aranda, 12 and 2 last year, but just three years ago, they went 11 and 3 with Matt Rule. Then Matt Rule left. Dave Aranda came in, kind of had a reset year, and then was good again. And then before that, you know, Art Bryles turned out to be not the best dude, but he went 32 and 7 between 2013 and 2015. So they've had three. They've had four, because then Jim Grobe came in for a year, right? They've had four head coaches in the last decade, but Bryles won at a high level. Then Matt Rule won at a high level. Now Dave Aranda's winning at a high level. There's something about that, right, that whatever it is, it's not like they just got a dude, because you're always one bad hire away from falling off a cliff. And they could have fallen off a cliff after Art Bryles left that program in shambles in a lot of ways. And they kind of nailed it with Matt Rule. And he was so good he went to the NFL. And then they nailed it again with Dave Aranda. So props all around to the football program. And they ponied up to keep – everybody wants Dave Aranda right now, right? And they're keeping him. So I don't think Baylor football's going away. And then basketball, they've made the Sweet 16 in five of the last 12 NCAA tournaments. Scott Drew has now been there forever. Again, the unifying thing took over when the Baylor basketball program was as screwed up as an athletic department program can be. That was as bad of a situation. One player had murdered another player and on the coach's watch on Dave Bliss's watch. And Scott drew came in and he's been there for like two decades now. And look what they are in six of the last eight NC. What is it? No eight of the last 12 NCAA tournaments. They've been a six seed or higher. Six of the last 12 NCAA tournaments, they've been a 3 or higher. And they and they got it done last year in one of the great national championship games. So I, I don't know, man. Like, to some degree, you lived through this. I guess the, the Dave Bliss stuff was a little old for you. <laughs> but there could have – I mean, there have been horrible things that have happened in the Baylor Athletic Department in the last 20 years. Horrible things. But – here Baylor is performing on the court and on the field at a level that is better than any combo in the country. It's it's really rather remarkable because it's not like Baylor has a birthright to be this good at these two major sports, right?
0: Oh, no. I mean, you look at the history of the program, pre-Scott Drew obviously in basketball and then pre kind of this whole run in football. You know, Grant Taft was a very nice football coach in the 80s and 90s who won, you know, 10 games sometimes and competed for the Southwest Conference sometimes. And, you know, in the 50s, they won a Sugar Bowl. And other than that, <laughs> not a whole lot of sustained success. So, no, I mean, this is not a place that is used to having a lot of success. Uh You know, obviously, I, I could go into many, many podcasts about how that's all sort of happened, the alignment in the program, you know, the the sort of donors that allow that to happen, uh, you know, that are very aligned with the athletic department and and are really good at following directions in a lot of ways. But that's a story for another day. Uh, at the end of the day, though, I mean, you've got two programs, a football program and a basketball program that are legit competing for top 10s year in, year out at this point. And right now, I, I don't think that you could say that anybody else is, is doing that at a higher level.
1: No, I don't. I don't think this is in dispute at all. And do you feel like Shahan, as a Baylor grad, as a young man finding your way in this crazy business of ours, are you on the mountaintop right now? The fact that you were just on a podcast talking about how your school is the number one men's basketball-football combo program in the country, would you like to leave the podcast right now and, like John Elway, go out on top? Because it doesn't get any better than this.
0: After 2016, all I want from Baylor Athletics is to not embarrass me. So, you know, (laughs) I I think that I think that I'm totally fine with the situation. I I will say, right, I don't cover basketball anymore. So I let myself be a little bit more of a fan there. And and especially because I covered Scott Drew back when like everybody wanted him fired, you know, so I feel a little bit of a gratification from that. You know, the football stuff, whatever. Like, Dave Rand is really cool. I like him from that perspective. But, uh, you know, yeah, you know, it, it is it is definitely interesting. It's definitely something to, to have major people, major podcasts uh, say that Baylor is the best combo athletic department in the country. That's not something that I saw coming a decade ago.
1: I also would just like to add, please don't leave. Please don't <laughs> leave me. I was just kidding. Don't leave me. Please stay. You're staying, right? Please stay. All right,
0: I'm staying. I'm staying. I'm staying. I got to see
1: who you draft next. I was like, what am I doing? I'm I'm encouraging Shahan. Drop the mic, literally, and he's gone. My boss will be like, what happened to Shahan? It's like, well, we made Baylor number one, and he was like, I'm out. I think it gets difficult here. I I don't think there's a slam dunk number two. I thought there was a slam dunk number one. I don't think there's a slam dunk number two. This uh, enters the realm of if you have – how much are you looking for balance, like both good as opposed to oh, awesome in something and pretty good in the other? I'm going to lean a little bit balance here, and I will tell people on our Buckeye Talk podcast about Ohio State, we did this in the Big Ten, and we disagreed there on who the best program, who the best combo program in the Big Ten was. This was the This was the program that I had number one in the Big Ten, and it's Michigan. It is... Five straight Sweet 16s in basketball, which only five programs have ever achieved. Duke, Gonzaga, Kansas, Kentucky. No, it's six. Duke, Gonzaga, Kansas, Kentucky, North Carolina, like blue bloods out the wazoo. And now Michigan this year made its fifth straight Sweet 16, joined that group, and they just made the playoff. So in terms of balance, what they're doing right now, If you, uh, and I did this earlier, if you um, try to look at a fake bracket for the COVID year in basketball, and there was a bracket that they put out where they took like the 10 best bracketologists and said, give us your bracket, we'll balance it out. That's as legit bracket as you can find to me. If you go by that threshold, there are eight programs that have made the NCAA tournament each of the last five years. Michigan would be one of them. And then you look at the Michigan uh, football program, in the last seven years, their win percentage is 12th best. They just – they're at a peak right now. Coming off a playoff, Jim Harbaugh has had trouble beating his rivals before this year, but you know what? They were winning at a pretty high level. I think if you're looking for balance – and then again, Jim Harbaugh stayed. He didn't leave. Juwan Howard had the the slap of the Wisconsin assistant coach, but of all the people who are like, oh, that Will Smith slap, well, actually might have – Juwan Howard's like, oh, I'm off the slap hook. That's not, no one remembers my slap anymore. I think Juwan Howard is exceptional as you know when he, when he just doesn't do stuff like that, recruiting energy for the program, getting the most out of his guys, great game plans. I mean, I, I just, I just think this guy is elite and I think Harbaugh brought back a dead program, you know, Rich Rodriguez and Brady Hoke kind of drove that football program into the ground. It's not a slam dunk for me. But for balance, I think Michigan makes a very compelling case, and I'll take them second.
0: No, I think, I think it's a good case. I think that certainly at this moment helps, right, because Michigan football is kind of going off their high. The funny thing about this comparison, you know, Michigan basketball does have some major success over the years. Obviously, they played in, you know, national championship games back during the, the Fab Five era, all that sort of stuff. Well, and they made two national title games under John Beeline. They didn't win, but they made two in, in like five years. So they've they've been there before but you know a lot of the the Michigan case is very like the basketball team recently has been incredible and the football team historically has been successful. You know this was kind of a year where you did have a little bit of both though at the same time. You know Michigan was kind of right on that borderline of maybe they shouldn't have made the tournament but they they did and and they they obviously proved that they deserved to be there. Um you know yeah so so I think it makes a lot of sense. I I think that like you said there's not a slam dunk number 2 you know there's there's a bunch of teams that are kind of in a a little bit of a a general amorphous group at number 2 and actually i think that it takes me to my next pick and i'm actually going to stay in the state of michigan i'm going to go with michigan state
1: interesting
0: michigan state of course the last big 10 team to win a national championship in basketball they also did make a college football playoff under mark d'antonio And it looks like Mel Tucker's figured stuff out there, right? It it looks like they're going to continue to be a 9-10 win football program. Now, the knock that you have against Michigan State football is that they probably aren't going to be a playoff team. They probably aren't going to win the Big Ten very consistently. And, you know, Michigan State basketball is also a little bit on the downswing, right? I mean, Thomas is getting up there a little bit. It's been a little while since he's had like a truly elite run, but... I mean, when you're talking about people who have both made the top four in pretty recent memory in both sports, Michigan State is up there. Now, again, you're balancing balance for elite, right? Like, I mean, you're probably not getting consistent elite from Michigan State, especially in football. But you're getting extremely good with both of those programs year in and year out. And so for me, you know, I I probably would have had Michigan State ahead of Michigan on my list. But, I mean, the the case you made was pretty compelling, too. I mean, it's very, very close, especially, especially with Michigan coming out of this moment where they did finally make the college football playoff.
1: So one of the things that I think is interesting to take into account here is how many programs have both a football team and men's basketball team that could win a national title, whatever that means to you, that it doesn't feel like it would take a miracle. Again, you look back at Ohio State and Florida. It's like, oh, well, they they Florida did win it. Ohio State was right there. They were clear cases. I think Michigan is closer to being a yes on both than Michigan State is because I just don't think Michigan State football could really do it. It feels like it would have to take a miracle. And Michigan football just recruits at a higher level that, you know what, they sure as heck didn't look like a team against Georgia that was like right on the cusp of winning a national title, but they got to the semifinal, but it's not completely out of the realm of possibility to me. Even Baylor though, it's like Baylor football is excellent right now. They're never winning a title. No, they're never winning a national title. So maybe there's nobody right now. Like maybe that's part of the hard part of this is there is no combo program right now where you could say that. And then if that's the case, then that's why this, it makes this hard. I had Michigan State sixth on my list. I believe in Mel Tucker. I think Mel Tucker can get Michigan State football back to the Mark D'Antonio level where you're winning double-digit games on the regular. I think that's very possible. Part of it is – now, Michigan State was in the Final Four in 2019. That is not that long ago. The year before the COVID year, they were right there. I think we are past peak Izzo, though. I I think that's totally fair to
0: say. I think that's totally fair to say.
1: The world where every Michigan – if you came in as a freshman at Michigan State, you were going to make the Final Four in your career. So because I think the football team is a tier below a legit real national title contender, and because the basketball program is not a shell of itself, but it's not quite at the peak of what it once was, that's why I had them down a little bit lower. But especially if you allow yourself to go back and widen slightly your recent past Izzo's as good as it gets, you know, outside of Coach K, Izzo's as good as it gets, right? So, So I get it. I don't have a strong disagreement here, but it actually leaves an opening for me to take a program at number four that I'm kind of excited to take and discuss. And we'll do that next on the College Football Survivor Show. In case you missed the last college football
0: survivor show. I think that Ezekiel Elliott's. On my list would be the number one player of the college football playoff era. I think that he's the guy if you take away quarterbacks. To rush for over 200 yards in two college football playoff games, I I mean, it is up there with the most dominant postseason performances in the history of college football. His dominance in that run was that special, and even just to get them to the playoff, too. It was truly unprecedented, and it may not be matched for a very long time. Subscribe now on Apple Podcasts for exclusive College Survivor
1: Show bonus episodes. Doug Maurice and Shahan Jay Haraja. we're doing our draft of the best combo programs in the country. And this is where I am not going for balance at all, Shahan. I am going for the best that there is paired with, eh, good enough. And I'm going to take Alabama. Alabama football, we know what it is. And Alabama basketball has made the last two tournaments is competitive. I think is probably in a zone right now where I'm I'm pretty sure like Alabama basketball fans are happy because they are achieving what you would hope for Alabama basketball, which is far below what you expect for Alabama football. But Nate Oates, um, the last couple of years, they lost in the first round this year. They made the Sweet 16 um, last year as a two seed, which is pretty darn good. Avery Johnson, his era before that, not great. Made one tournament in four years. Um, they had been, I looked at the five, no, the six Saban titles. They made the NCAA tournament in three of the six years that Nick Saban, of the school years that Nick Saban, won a national title at Alabama. The best was actually like 2020, 2020, 2021 school year was actually as good as it gets for Alabama because they won the football national championship. And then that football season ended and they went into a basketball season in year one of Nate Oates that led to a sweet 16. So that was only two seasons ago. That's kind of peak Alabama performance. Actually it was year two of Nate Oates. That's peak Alabama performance. And when you get the most dominating program in college athletics, plus good enough, I'll take Bama here. They were uh, three on my list, and I'll take them here at four.
0: Yeah, no, Alabama was very high on my list as well. Like you said, kind of trying to balance – what Alabama men's basketball is right now cuz i mean they they won the sec in 2021 they won the uh, sec tournament in 2021 they made the tournament like you mentioned each of the last two years and and this past year i mean they were they were some giant killers right i mean they did beat some really big teams they just struggled to be consistent so i do think that Alabama basketball as it stands right now in this moment is more than good enough under Nate Oates to, uh, to kind of push them into the this discussion. I think that for me, it was sort of looking at Alabama basketball historically, right? I mean, you're not talking about a program that anybody's writing home about, right? Like, I mean, you're not talking right. about a program that anybody cares about. I, I think it's really been over the past couple of years, and, and I don't think it's a coincidence with this infusion of television money that like sec schools are starting to be like oh we're allowed to be good at basketball we're allowed to compete with kentucky and that seems like a very recent addition to to uh, the sec but um, you know i mean i do think that alabama long term is a solid basketball program though i'd consider them to be sort of a very middle tier type program you know like a a, a program that's at its best can probably, you know, win the SEC, like you said, and make a sweet 16. I don't see them as even necessarily being a team that can eventually get to the elite eight. I don't think that's where they are right this second, but, but Nate Oates is a very good coach. He was a great hire. I think he's transformed that program a lot. And so I I do think that, uh, that they have done enough to belong with Alabama football on this list.
1: I, I do think Nate Oates really helps He made the tournament three out of the four years he was the head coach at Buffalo. (laughs) And he's only been there for three seasons at Alabama and has one Sweet 16. Uh, Like, I think there's an upside there that I don't think it's impossible for Alabama basketball to make the final four in the next five years. That doesn't seem crazy to me. And football's not going anywhere. So we could get, we could get to a point where it's like, oh, Alabama basketball is regularly makes the sweet 16 and every now and then makes the final four and football's football. They're number one. They're the number one combo program. This isn't even an interesting discussion. I think we could get there because I do think NATO seems like a dude. All right. I took Alabama four. You taking five.
0: Things are only getting harder and harder as we go down this list. So I'm going to stay in the SEC and I'm going to take the signature basketball program in the SEC. I'm going to take Kentucky. And, 10 years ago, the football program, you're, you're doing exactly the opposite with Kentucky as you're doing with Alabama, right? Kentucky basketball is a brand, is a, you know, they've made however many final fours under John Calipari. They've won a national championship. They've been in the conversation. They've, they've won the conference many times. And the football team is good enough now. <laughs> you know, I think that we, I think that we've had a lot of discussions about Kentucky football and expectations and what's reasonable. And and I think that, like you're saying, when you talk about a program that is comfortable being what it is right now, Kentucky football is very comfortable being what it is. They're going to win seven or eight games. They're going to push for 10 wins some seasons. Uh, they're going to win a bowl game. They're going to do all that sort of stuff. And I think that Kentucky football fans are very happy with where they're at. And then again, the basketball team is elite. That That's one of the blue, bro- blue blood programs in college basketball. And so for me, that's enough to get them on the list at number five.
1: Man, this is really interesting. This list is hard. I didn't have them in my top 10. I didn't have Kentucky in my top 10. And that might be an oversight by me. I agree with what you're saying to an extent. But if you're making a comparison of like, hey, super awesome program and good enough program, Saban's still tacking t- stacking titles. Kentucky hasn't won a basketball title in a decade. They haven't won one since in New Orleans 10 years ago with Anthony Davis. And I know right now Kentucky basketball fans are talking about I don't we don't want to be prisoners of the moment, but also we are doing this, as you said, on March 30th, 2022. They just lost to a 15. Hey, the fifteen. The fifteen. Does St. Peters have a football team? Because I would like to put them
0: on this list if they do. (laughs) Seriously doubt it. Where are they where are they gonna put a, a football stadium
1: in Jersey City? Yeah, they can play they can play at the Giant Stadium. They can go down to the Meadowlands and just let them in there. I So, like right now, you know, Alabama football has never had an equivalent of what Kentucky basketball just had with St. Peter's, maybe the kick six against Auburn. I don't know that like,
0: I think that this is a little unfair though. This is the nature of college basketball versus football. I mean, when you talk about college football and even that's why for me, like with Michigan, right? If you had to ask me over the next 10 years, is Michigan going to really compete for a national title? My answer is no. Like, I, I don't think that Michigan can actually win a national championship because I think that there's maybe only like five teams that can do it. You know, I, I just think I think that football is such an insulated sport that it does impact the way that I compare it. Whereas basketball is not. Basketball is made to be able to be more open. It's made to have more people compete. Right. Like, I mean, you, even the most elite of programs don't win everything every year. They're not making the final four every year, right? Like there's only been really one program that's dominated their conference year in and year out for a long time, and that's Kansas. I mean, even Duke wasn't doing that. Duke, I think, hasn't won a a basketball regular season championship in the ACC since like 2016 or something like that. It's just a different game. So for me, it's very difficult to kind of say, well, why isn't Kentucky basketball, Alabama football? Because Alabama football – is able to kind of like keep a self sustaining machine versus four or five other teams in a way that I think is just different than college basketball.
1: Kentucky basketball, since it won the national title in 2012, the next year they missed the NCAA tournament. But then since then, in the NCAA tournament, they were an eight seed and they made the national title game. Then they were a one seed, a four seed, a two seed, a five seed, a two seed. Then they had the COVID year. Then um, last year when they had a tournament, they had like a weird COVID season. They were 9-16. and And now they were a two-seed and lost in the first round. So again, like the right now, the right now snapshot of Kentucky basketball is last year they were 9-16. and This year they were a two-seed and lost to a 15-seed in the first round. The right now last two-year snapshot of John Calipari in that program is not great. But everything before that is as good as anybody in the country. They just haven't won a title in a decade. And the football program, I mean, this is as good as it gets. They're coming off a 10-win football season. They also had a 10-win season in 2018. Like, this is the heyday of Kentucky football, I guess, since Bear Bryant was there, since Bear Bryant went 11-1 and in 1950. So, like that's the Bear Bryant was there, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight years at Kentucky. This is as good as it gets since then. So you combine, there's still a blue blood, and football's as good as it gets. They should be in the top 10, and there's enough of a goofy group here that I'm not, I'm not mad about them at five. I just I, it's one of those things. I think if you told if there are any Kentucky sports fans listening to this right now, I think they might disagree. You know what I mean? But it's like, what do you mean? Top fifth in the country combo program, Calipari kick. You know what? I I think that's where they might be right now because their blue blood program has had back-to-back disappointing years. Whereas if you're making a comparison to Alabama football, Alabama football the last two years played in the national title game and won the national title. So that's where they're not the same. Fair enough. I'm going to take a team at six that I thought you would be excited to take. And I'm a little surprised you didn't take them. And I am taking them because they also are one of the eight programs that has made five straight NCAA tournaments. If you assume they would have made the COVID year and they clearly would have. They're an excellent basketball program right now. They've made consecutive elite eights. They are an excellent basketball program. Nobody would argue how good they are at basketball. And. The football program has had various peaks, but they're kind of at a peak right now. And we think they might be heading into a very good football season. So I'm going to take Houston. Oh, okay. Okay. I I actually, I actually didn't really think about them that much. So when you think about, I mean, Kelvin Sampson, everybody loves Houston in the tournament now, right? I mean, they are, they are 100% completely legit in basketball. I think Houston could win a national championship in basketball. I think people think they play the right way. Kelvin Sampson is like a great X's and O's coach. They are a high level achiever. And Dana Holgerson's coming off 12 wins in football last year. Right. And do we not think that if you're starting to say, now we're going to play this game in college football and it's going to be a great game to play every year, we get to say, who's the next Cincinnati. They're in that discussion right now, aren't they? who might be the Cincinnati of 2022. So you said you didn't really think about them that much. Now that I said I'm picking them at six, do you think this sounds crazy or am I making a case?
0: Honestly, uh, after you mentioned them, I I feel like I might have them like, I I feel like I would have picked them ahead of, basically a lot of the schools that I considered this is this is what happens, right? When I'm going through my list, I look at it and I'm like, all right, let's go through conference by conference and I look at all the power five conferences and I overlook you know, one of the the top programs in the country right now because Houston's not just good in football for a group of five school. They are a legit program right now. They beat Auburn, obviously, in their bowl game. They're going to have a chance, I think, to be a top-10 team next year and, like you said, kind of compete uh, to be the Cincinnati of this upcoming year. And then in basketball, their record's unimpeachable. They obviously play in the Final Four last year. They make the Elite Eight this year. They're building something really, really big over there, and they do in both of these sports have some level of history as well to kind of uh, sit back on, right? They were a great Southwest Conference power in football. Uh, In basketball, obviously, they had that run in the 80s, the Five Slam a Gem and all that. So, like, this isn't a one-time thing. This isn't just a moment in time. This is a really good program. And the other thing, too, is that we talked about potentially getting up and buying sort of uh, in advance and 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 buying some potential. And if there's a program that I think might have the most untapped potential in terms of combo sports in the country right now. I'm very excited to see Houston in the big 12. I I think that they're going to have a chance to be really, really good at both sports.
1: And again, they have done it in football. They're not in a power five conference, but they've done it through different eras. Art Bryles, 2006 goes uh, 10 and four. He's there the next year, but he ends up leaving. They have like a peak with Art Bryles. He leaves. They bring in Kevin Sumlin. Kevin Sumlin has a year where he goes 13 and one Kevin Sumlin peaks. He leaves Tony Levine, not quite as good, but then they get Tom Harmon. Tom Harmon peaks immediately. He's so good in two years. He gets the Texas job. He leaves major Applewhite. Eh, now Dana Holgerson's in there. He leaves West Virginia to go to Houston two if years at the start. Now in year three, he goes 12 and two. Like they, this isn't, hey, we've had the same coach for 40 years. This isn't we had one good run, and if Dana Holgerson leaves, we're going to fall off a cliff. It's Texas football. They've been more consistent for the past 20 years than the University of Texas. I mean, I mean, I guess if you, we could do that one podcast. If we really just want to troll Texas football, we could do let's rank the most consistent football programs in the state of Texas over the playoff era, or over the last 20 years, and see if Texas makes the top eight. So, I mean, the, the football thing is legit. And again, I don't think Kelvin Kelvin Sampson might get an NBA job. He came from the NBA. He obviously had been around, had been at um, Oklahoma, had been at Indiana in the college game. When, but when it comes to X's and O's and getting the most out of his guys and putting his players in position to win, again, I think he's – I think everybody thinks he's about as good as there is. In college basketball right now. So I love the idea that I kind of overlooked the blue blood. I was like, oh, yeah, Kentucky basketball. I guess they're good. And then you kind of overlooked like a little bit of an underdog non-power five team. And you were like, I forgot Houston existed. Sometimes it's good to shake it up on the podcast, Jahan, and not just fall into our old roles every time
0: it's a yeah like you said it's a it's a little bit of a change of pace yeah (laughs) it's kind of coming at it from different directions
1: i had houston at four i had houston at four and to draft them at six i feel good about now i'm really getting into uh i don't know where to go territory but we'll let you go first with number seven
0: yeah i'm going to draft the first current final four
1: team on our list i'm going to take north carolina Uh, This surprises me a little bit. I'm curious to see where you go here. Okay. So
0: North North Carolina football has had a lot of like recent success. This past year, not, not the greatest. (laughs) You know, I think that we had high expectations for them. I, I do feel good about the fact that I kept them off of our list of contenders, but they have an 11 win season back in 2015. They, you know, they, they do have Eight win, seven win, six win seasons a little recently. And they're recruiting at a really high level. So like, I think that they've figured out something in that program to where they're, you know, they can potentially be a plus program. I think that they're going to be pretty good next year. I think that long term, there's a lot to be excited about with them. Obviously, historically, this is, uh, you know, when, when somebody who's not Mac Brown is the head coach at the University of North Carolina in football doesn't really go awesome, but I think that Mac Brown has done enough to to show that you know this is a good football program. And in basketball, I mean, over the last decade, I think that you could make a pretty good case that North Carolina is the best basketball program in the country. You know, I mean, they've won multiple national championships. They're obviously back in the final four now. You know, if you, if you look at sort of the list, they made the, the final four in 2022, 2017, 2016, 2009, 2008, 2005, 2000. They've made the elite eight 2022, 2017, 2016, 2012, 2011, 2009. They've done a, a lot of big stuff, right? I mean, runner-up in 2016, won the championship in 2017. I think that they've done enough to be considered on this list, and and I think that uh, you know when when you're looking at the blue blood college basketball programs. You know, again, I I have Kentucky because I think Kentucky is doing just a little bit more right now in football than North Carolina is, relatively speaking. But North Carolina, I think, is right there. And I think that you can argue that their basketball program right now is better.
1: So the thing I I had North Carolina 10th on my list, so I did have them in the top 10. You're taking them here at seven. I thought you might hold back on this because you would tell yourself Mac Brown has been more hype than results in round two at North Carolina because we have actually talked a fair amount about North Carolina football on this college football for college football playoff podcast. We've kind of talked a lot about a North Carolina team that went six and seven this year and lost the Mayo bowl. Right? That Mac Brown in his three years is seven and six, eight and four, and six and seven. And Larry Fedora had a good run, as you said, 11 and three that year. Uh, Butch Davis was okay, but like they haven't really been great at football since Mac Brown the first time around in the mid 90s. And yes, they're recruiting at a high level, but I think most people would agree last year was pretty disappointing for North Carolina football to have Sam Howell. And there were questions maybe about, they lost a lot of playmakers. They had had two running backs drafted the year before, but to, you know, to be like a 500 team, is sort of like with a first, with a guy who might be going the first round as a quarterback was sort of like what now we did talk a lot about Drake May at quarterback for them this year. He's one of the quarterbacks people are hyped about. Maybe some of that recruiting that they've been stacking on both sides of the ball is ready to come to fruition for North Carolina. I do think it's one of those. They had expectations. They were a dark horse football playoff candidate last year. Now maybe people will back off the expectations, which will allow them to be better. But for Hubert Davis to make the final four in year one, taken over from a legend for the basketball program is unbelievable. What a job by Hubert Davis. Now they did it as an eight seed, but they had talent. They got it together at the right time. I almost think that adds to it a little bit, Shahan, because, you know, if Roy, if it was the end of Roy Williams, it's like, well, Roy Williams is retiring. How good are they going to be in the future? It's like, oh, no, Hubert Davis, boom, was there for whatever, eight years as an assistant under Roy Williams and was absolutely ready to roll. I, I like the pick. I just thought you maybe would ding them more for Mac Brown because, as you said, you were very interested in sort of keeping North Carolina off our list of playoff contenders because you sort of did not buy the hype going into last year.
0: No, no. And, you know, for me, it is very much the Alabama case of, well, the other program's just good enough. You know, the Kentucky case, the other program's just good enough. This isn't the case where you have two really good programs. This is where you have one super elite program and one pretty good program. And I think that I think that being pretty good for North Carolina football is fine, obviously. If they're going to recruit like this, they need to have results at some point. But uh, I think that there's enough reasons for optimism to at least have them as the secondary program on this kind of list. All
1: right, I'll buy it. I think th- I think they deserve to be in here. I think they deserve to be in here. It's interesting, Duke, there are, there's a time, and maybe Duke will still make it, but sort of the end of David Cutcliffe did fall off. They've got Mike Elko in there now, but there was a time when, Duke was sort of maximizing football, the way that maybe you feel like, hey, you know, North Carolina has maximized it at times, and there are definitely times where when David Cutcliffe was getting Duke to Duke Duke football to bowl games, and Coach K was Coach K, it was like, well, they're in the top ten for sure, because of exact where exactly the football program is right now. I don't know if they're going to squeeze in here or not, even though they're in the Final Four. I'm coming up with pick eight. I like this pick for me. I feel like this is a little bit. It's not that the it's a Power Five program, but I think also it might be under the radar here because this to me is a balanced pick, and they're good at both right now. And I'm going to take Oregon. Did you have them on your list? Am I am I coming out of nowhere again, Dougie, with the great genius selection? It's like no, everybody thinks Oregon's good at both.
0: (laughs) I didn't have them on my list. They they were one that I considered. Their basketball program hasn't been consistent in a little while right i mean they, they've had some
1: highs they've had some well, highs i mean so they did oregon basketball did not make the tournament this year but overall in the last six ncaa tournaments they've made four sweet Sixteens, teams and the last six and they were in the final four in 2017 and in 2016 they were a one seed and made it to the elite eight and then in football they won 10 games last year they were at the edge of the playoff conversation for most of the year after beating Ohio State. In 2019 with Justin Herbert, they went 12 and 2. You know, if again, however far back you're going, they're, you know, 10, 12 years removed from Chip Kelly going crazy and making them kind of as good as anybody in the country. And Mark Helfrich, that kind of fell off. Willie Taggart had a weird one year, then he left, but Mario Cristobal got it reset. He left. Dan Lanning's coming in there. We think Mario Cristobal left a lot of talent for Dan Lanning. I think we believe that the football program at Oregon will continue to be good. How good? If USC rises up, if Washington gets it together, I don't know. But we don't think they're going to fall off a cliff with Dan Lanning. And then I think from a basketball standpoint, I think it might be one of the most underrated basketball programs in the country. If you told most people, hey, Oregon's made four of the last six Sweet 16s, you'd be like, what? Really? It's like, yeah, really. So I definitely feel like they deserve to be in the top 10. I had them fifth. And again, the can they win a national title in either sport? We had a Bo Nix conversation. Bo Nix is probably not your national championship quarterback, but they're going to recruit, right? They're, they're going to recruit okay. I don't think it's impossible for them to win a national title in football and you get hot, right? I mean, my gosh, if Gonzaga can do it, Oregon can do it. Gonzaga actually hasn't done it yet, but they should have done it by now. But you know what I mean? Like, I would say if we were going to do a list of – lists, the programs that could win a national title in both, I think Oregon might be in the top five because I think it's kind of possible in both, and there's a lot of places where you can't even get kind of possible. For the both of the programs,
0: yeah, well, I mean, I, I think that that's definitely fair. Uh, you know, I probably am underrating Oregon basketball. You know, the funny thing about it is that, you know, you look at uh, you look at their tournament runs, uh, especially in like the last five ish years or so. I mean, they were a seven seed when they made the Sweet Sixteen in twenty twenty one. They were a twelve seed when they made it in twenty nineteen. So, like, I think that I probably am holding against them that they were kind of okay teams that ended up going on a run you know and and that counts it still counts as making the sweet 16 if you do it like that right like you you still do get credit for that and so you know I, I probably am underrating them a little bit obviously a couple of years ago I mean you're talking about a team that was in the final four Dana Altman I do agree is a very very good basketball coach and I you know like you said I mean that that's a lot of times to be in the sweet 16 and the elite Eight in the last 20 years and so you know i I probably am underrating them on on my list because i i think that i have expected them to take that next step that they haven't taken really in both sports but especially in basketball
1: yeah i think they're like solid tier two maybe in both sports which is when we're doing this exercise is pretty good pretty good all right we'll take a break last two teams there is a team that i really want to pick a program i really want to pick It seems like more of a Shahan pick to me, but when it comes down to it, I'm not even sure if it's left for me, if I'll pull the trigger. We'll do it next on the College Football Survivor Show. The College Football Survivor Show, where playoff survival is always on the line. Duggan Shahan, so far, Baylor, Michigan, Michigan State, Alabama, Kentucky, Houston, North Carolina, Oregon. Those are the eight combo programs that we've drafted. Shahan, pick number nine is to you.
0: This is really tough. There, there's not a slam dunk here. Um, there's
1: not. There's not. There's there. I, I, everywhere now, there's it comes with a yeah, but maybe they're not quite as good there as they should be. But ah, eh, they're kind. Yeah, lots of caveats.
0: We got to do an honorable mention list because it's 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 interesting. I mean, it's interesting. So, man, this is the last one. This is
1: my last chance. Um, I think I'm gonna go with. <laughs> You don't I'm feel stalling. great. This isn't. No, you don't feel great. This is, makes me want to take the team that I want to take, because if I take the team I want to take 10th, I will feel good about it, even if they maybe technically aren't one of the top 10 teams. I, 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 think, I think that I should pass on my pick, and I think you should pick first. All right, so I'll take the team that I think we should talk about at number nine, and I don't have any hesitation because I do think they're sort of maximizing both things they are a non-power 5 football program again, but they are on quite a run and I'm going to take San Diego State. Oh wow. Wow, okay, that I, I like that. I like that. San Diego State last year in football under Brady Hoke, 12 and 2, finished 25th in, in the country, won the Frisco Bowl, 2019 they had tw- 10 wins, 2017 this is the Rocky Long era. 10 wins in 2017, 11 wins in 2016, 11 wins in 2015. They are a really good non-Power 5, gr- group of five, college football program in the Mountain West. They're really good. Their fans are very happy with them. And in basketball, they made the tournament this year. They made the tournament last year. In the COVID year, they might have been a Final Four team. They were 30-2 and two the year That COVID canceled the tournament. They finished sixth in the AP poll that year. They were definitely probably a Sweet 16 team. They might have made the Final Four. And then they had this Steve Fisher run between 2010 and 2015. They made six straight tournaments. So they are a consistent NCAA tournament team that has had some peaks. And in football, they're very good. They're a double-digit win football program more often than not. So if you are a San Diego State sports fan, I think you are very happy from September through March. Now, are you Alabama? Are you Kansas? Are you Kentucky? Are you Clemson? No. But for what you are, you're about as good as you can be in both sports because I think you're the best program in your conference in both And you can jump up, right? You can get in the AP poll in football. You get in the tournament in basketball. They're the kind of team that nobody wants to play. I think that's pretty good. So the only thing holding you back on San Diego State is, well, right? Just that. But in terms of achieving at their level, they're a no-brainer. So I feel good about taking them here, even if there are people screaming about, what about this team and this team and this team? How can you do this and take them at nine?
0: That's a really good pick. I I – I am mad that I did not think of that. That is, that is a really good pick. They've been so consistent in both sports, like you mentioned. It helps that they're coming off of their sort of great season in football, like you mentioned. No, I mean, they, they are very solid. And actually, you know, we're obviously not going to name a lot of these teams to the list, but... And Mountain West has a lot of teams that I think actually have a pretty good case. Utah State is another team that I think, uh, you know, they're really good in basketball. I think they're very underrated from that perspective. Uh, they made the tournament in 2021. They made the tw- tournament in 2019. And obviously, you know, this past year they win the conference. they won 11 games under Matt Wells. Uh you know, Boise State uh won won the uh the the Mountain West this year in basketball, and they obviously are a great football team. You know, this another team that I considered, um, you know, and I guess I'm still technically considering, they're not a Mountain West team, but they're kind of in that footprint is BYU. Yep, I thought about them too. Yeah. Very, very good basketball program, and obviously in football they've gotten back to it. There's actually a lot more sort of in this uh this western corridor than than maybe I would have thought at first.
1: Yeah, and, and there's a lot of teams in this boy, you know what? They they are pretty good. They probably are 14th or 17th in this combo thing, right? right? There's a lot, <laughs> but it's like, but who else deserves to be in the top 10? That that comes with a thing. Cause again, I mean, we're gonna make up certificates. We're gonna mail them out to the athletic directors. Congratulations on making the top 10 combo programs in football and men's basketball. Shahan, I don't know. Would you rather sign that? sort of like in a Google Doc, and then I'll transfer it onto the thing, or should I send you the certificates to sign by hand?
0: Well, I mean, we got the certificate with your signature on it back here
1: from when I won an FWA award. How did you guys do that? Uh, that was actually a digital signature that I had to, like, sign. It was very complicated, actually. Also, I have the handwriting of a uh, third-grade kidnapper. Like, if I <laughs> if I, like, kidnapped like uh, the neighbor's cat in an attempt to get candy for dinner. And I said, Shahan, I've kidnapped your cat. Give me candy. This, the writing that would appear on that note looks like the signature that you have on a writing. You have an award that signifies that you are at the peak of your profession. And my third grade bomb threat handwriting is on that piece of paper. And now I feel terrible
0: (laughs) this one a direction that i that i didn't anticipate (laughs) so
1: i have i have an ohio state book and i like was signing books for people and stuff and i got like multiple messages from people that are like what is this signature it's both childlike and illegible what like who are you and i just said i'm a i'm a man child i'm sorry i can't i can't help it so i apologize maybe you should just sign them And I'll put an X. Uh, Okay. So we are at the pick 10. I will tell you that eight of my top 10 have been picked. The only team that was out of my top 10 was Kentucky. And I have in the last two teams I have left are two power five programs that have good things and things that are like, "Ah," which is why I pick San Diego State instead of either of them. So good luck with pick 10. I'm going to say, I, you know, again,
0: it's the last pick, so I think that I can have this conversation out loud. I'm thinking between two teams right now. And both of them are, like, I don't want to call them offboard teams, but, like, they're, they're ones that I think that are more giving them credit than they are, like, home runs, per se. Both Power Five, both turned around a little bit, both coming off of, I think, really good years in both sports, this past year especially. One of them is Purdue Mm.
1: and the other is Arkansas. Arkansas is one of my two. Yeah, I will tell you I have let me throw another one at you to consider. Yeah, and it's Ohio State. I, I, I also had them on my list. The thing
0: with Ohio State for me, because Ohio State obviously like football is unimpeachable. It's been a while since there's been legit basketball success. You know, making Sweet 16s, making Elite Eights. Because if, if you have this list in 2010, I mean, Ohio State is arguably number one on this list.
1: Yes, exactly. So it is really difficult. And Ohio State has not made uh, a Sweet 16 since 2013. So that's real. But that list that I gave you of. The eight, there are eight programs that if they would have made it the COVID year, have made five straight NCAA tournaments. Ohio State's one of them. And then there's the football. So it's one of those things. I actually think for all, for the complete lack of success in the NCAA tournament, they probably right now are a better basketball program still for the moment than Alabama. And Alabama, I drafted, but Alabama has stacked titles and Ohio State. Won in 2014 and doesn't have a title since. So clearly, Ohio State football is not as good as Alabama. But Ohio State football is one of the four best programs in the country. And their basketball program has made five straight tournaments.
0: The question with this is absolutely by no means about Ohio State football. You know, the Ohio State football is unimpeachable, but it is, like you said, I mean, nearly 10 years since a Sweet 16 appearance is a lot. I mean, that's a lot.
1: I will tell you the thing about like, would their own fans vote them in Ohio state basketball fans? Aren't real happy right now. There's a lot of fights about like, Oh, well you made the tournament, but who cares? That's not good enough. And I wrote a column that was like, well, you know, you can't win in the tournament unless you make the tournament. So five straights, nothing to sneeze at that group, Gonzaga, Villanova, Kansas, Houston, Texas tech, Michigan, Michigan state, Ohio state. So Gonzaga and Villanova don't have big time football programs, Kansas football program stinks, Texas tech, Not really good enough in football. And then Houston, Michigan, and Michigan State are in our top 10. And then there's Ohio State. So, And Ohio State is the best football program of those eight. No doubt about it. So there's certainly a case. I have Ohio State at seven on my list. I had Arkansas at eight. And then I will say Purdue basketball is really good, but like Purdue basketball hasn't made a Final Four in forever. And I think Ohio State basketball is closer to Purdue basketball than Purdue football is to Ohio State football. So that's where I would go on that comparison. But I do think Arkansas is a very compelling team in this discussion. I I will
0: say in defense of Purdue that I do judge Purdue and where they're at a little more relative to Purdue than than I do sort of just in the grand scheme of things, right? Like I think that if you put Purdue on this list, it's also based on like they are maximizing, like you said. I I mean, if you're talking about fans being pleased, I mean, fans
1: (laughs) are over the moon after what the past year has been, right? And They want their basketball program to make a Final Four, though. I'm not sure they're over the moon that Purdue lost to St. Peter's.
0: No, no, no. I, I think that's fair. But in terms of like the quality of their basketball team in 2022, right? I mean, it is a really, really good basketball team. They're going to have a chance to to have a guy who competes to be the number one draft pick in the NBA draft, which is insane coming from Purdue. I agree. I This was the year for Matt Painter to finally do the thing, right? To finally make a Final Four. Uh, you know, if they, if they make it through, which I think that there's a pretty good argument that they not only could have, but probably should have, then I think that Purdue is comfortably on this list. Uh, Arkansas, you know, they've had s- some really tough years in football, but they do kind of have things together right now. Eric Musselman has Arkansas basketball back. You know, it's, it feels like 94 again <laughs> in Fayetteville. And then football wise, I think that they're probably good enough. So, th- this is t- I-, I think I'm going to go with Arkansas. I-, I think I'm going to go with Arkansas.
1: And I do think if I think Arkansas fans are like Sam Pittman and Eric Musselman, sign me up for 10 more years of these guys. I mean, Eric Musselman's a former NBA coach, he can he can dial it up just like Kelvin Sampson. Some of these guys who come have NBA experiences and then come back, the X's and O's, they just they give their teams an advantage. And for Arkansas to make consecutive elite eights. Is through the roof. And I think Arkansas football fans love Sam Pittman, right? Do they not love Sam Pittman? And by the way, they won nine and four, were as high as eighth in the AP poll, won the Outback Bowl, finished 21st. Now, the hard thing about Arkansas football is they did not even, they have only had like, you know, they hadn't had a winning record in five years before this year. So this is very recent. But if you think Sam Pittman is legit and they can keep this going and listen, they're not going to be Alabama, but they can be a bowl team. They can be a, ha- a team that makes their fans happy. And Eric Musselman, I think Eric, I think that basketball program, we saw what Nolan Richardson did with them. Arkansas can win a national title in basketball. They have. I think Arkansas could win a national title in basketball in the next five years and football. They're not going to. But they could win. They could win ten games in football, and they can win a national title in basketball. That's pretty good. I think in the end, I'd go with Ohio State because the football is so good, and the basketball's solid. They've been disappointing in the tournament, but they've they've been a tournament team five straight years. But it is a drop off for Ohio State compared to where they were in two thousand six, two thousand seven, when they made the national title game in both sports. So I think Arkansas is a good pick here.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think something to be excited about is Arkansas. Obviously, like you mentioned, back to back elite eights. They have the number two recruiting class in the country coming in next year in, in basketball. They've got three five stars after Anthony Black committed yesterday. Uh, and I only mention him because he started out at Copel, which is my high school, but whatever. Uh, but you know, like they, that's, that's legit. <laughs> you know, when you've got three five stars coming to campus, they haven't had talent like this before. So, a lot of the past couple of years has been just great coaching, great development, and I think that they're about to have an infusion of talent to maybe be that elite level. So, I think I'm buying low a little bit on Arkansas, right? Especially on the football side, I think that we're buying very early on Arkansas. Um, but you know, for me, I, I think that that made a lot of sense.
1: And I do, though. There, there are Ohio State fans who listen to this who are going to be mad at Ohio State's not in the top ten because I mean, Ohio State didn't make the playoff this year. If they had been coming off a playoff appearance. You know, Michigan's two. Ohio State's not in it. If Mich if Ohio State was at a peak, they're at a they're at a dip, relative dip for Ohio State because they lost two games and then won the Rose Bowl and were the seventh best team in the country instead of one of the top four. And the basketball program has made the NCAA tournament. They just haven't done anything there. So um I think they do make a compelling case. They're Ohio State's not at a peak right now the way some of these other programs are. And I do think, as we said, fan happiness. There's not a lot of fan happiness with the basketball program because they think of the basketball program should be better. And football, you know, there was a lot of talk on the season. Ended. Michigan was more physical than Ohio State. What did they do? You know, like they lost to Michigan for the first time in forever, so they weren't thrilled with that. So this might be a momentary couple-month snapshot, Shahan where Ohio State wouldn't make a top 10 list like this because they might win the national title this year in football, right? And then if we did this list, it's like, well, you know, the basketball team made the tournament and they won the national title in football. I mean, I think they're in the <laughs> top 10, right? right? So, you know. Yeah, but have
0: you considered that Big Ten basketball across the board is fraudulent?
1: No, well, that, no, i it an idiot. Well, I, <laughs> it, it was terrible. I mean, that yes. I mean, it's like the threshold. Now, the one thing is – it leaves an opening for anybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, and Purdue should have taken that opening. And Purdue should have taken it. And Jawan Howard in Michigan—they've taken it at times. But it's like, oh, Izzo—if you want to get it back a little bit—the opening is absolutely there for Ohio State basketball. Brad Underwood in Illinois. Let's like Illinois—they're not there yet. But I think Illinois could be a team that could be on this list five years from now if you believe Brett Bielema is going to get it going in football, and Brad Underwood's pretty good. He's not going to leave. I don't. I don't. But we have on. to have a Brett Bielema podcast then. We talked about <laughs> the honorable mentions, the teams that I had written down. So, again, nine of my top ten got picked. The one that didn't was Ohio State. I didn't have Kentucky in my top ten. I had Auburn written down as a maybe. Yeah, I, they, their football program is tanking right now. That's the thing that makes it tough for me. Yeah, that held them back. I mean, they were a two-seed in basketball in the NCAA tournament. But it's like, oh, the fact that, like, right now, Auburn basketball is healthier than Auburn football is like, well, then I don't know if they could be a top ten because it's, pro- it's a football program. Duke, it's just like Duke is Duke in basketball, and then – they're kind of competitive. And then I had an Iowa in there too. Like Iowa made the big 10 championship game. They won it in basketball and they lost to Michigan in football. So like, that's a pretty good year. So they have a ceiling on their football program, but they've been incredi- incredibly consistent under Kirk Ferentz. And then Fran McCaffrey, in the basketball program has been pretty darn good the last couple of years. So I thought Iowa, I didn't put them in my top 10, but you know, if we had a top 15, I think they might've made it for me there.
0: I, th- I think you're picking the wrong Big Ten West team. I think that Wisconsin's that team from the West that I really considered. They've been really solid in basketball. They did. Uh, they won the regular season, right, uh, in the Big Ten
1: or tied for first. Yeah, they were the one seed.
0: Yeah, so you know Wisconsin, obviously, what they've done in football. They they are coming off of a bad year for football which i think kind of hurts that like i mean again we are prisoners of the moment to some extent right like i mean we we saw what we saw this past year but i think that wisconsin was a, a team that i definitely consider on my list uh i also considered ucla ucla um i wish that they had had a slightly better year under chip kelly cuz it felt like this was a culmination year for them and they won 8 games and that's not bad but you know i just think that We could have expected a little bit more. But Mick Cronin started to get that thing rolling in basketball. They obviously made a Final Four back in 2021. They were a four seed in 2022. I think that uh, they're a very solid basketball program. And so I I definitely considered them. You know, I'm really curious to kind of see, like a team that I didn't really consider, but I am keeping my eye on is Miami. Miami made a Sweet 16. They've got Mario Cristobal coming in. Kind of in a similar place, Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State wasn't eligible for the tournament this year, but they probably would have made it. And in football, they ended up as a top 10 type team. Yeah, I don't know. There were, there were a lot of directions to go. And the thing about it, too, is that I don't feel like a ton of them were definitive. You know, uh, Louisville. Louisville's another one. Um, their Their football program, again, just kind of in an okay place right now. And actually, their basketball program also just not in the best right now. But if you talk about over the last decade, I think that Louisville also has a has a good case to be on this list. But but no, I mean it's it's really tough. I, I think that honestly looking back at the list, the schools that I that I feel the best about in terms of combos after you know that top tier are Houston and San Diego State. Yeah.
1: There are a lot of Oklahoma under Lon Kruger had a really good basketball run, Blake Griffin and all those guys. And we know how good Oklahoma football has been. Porter Moser in year one, they barely missed the tournament, but that's a guy that people think is a good coach. Oklahoma could easily be back on a top 10 list. And then Andy Enfield made the tournament a couple times in in basketball at USC, made it the past two years. If Lincoln Riley does with USC football what we think, and the USC basketball program – remains a pretty consistent NCAA tournament team, then they'd be Ohio State and then they wouldn't make our top 10. No, I'm just kidding. But like they would be – like they would enter that realm of like football's really good. Football could win a national title almost any year. And the basketball program's pretty good. USC might be entering that realm as well. So it is a weird time when you think about programs like Oklahoma, USC, Miami. I mean think about where Texas was. You know, Think about Kevin Durant, Texas, and think about what Texas football should be. There are some programs that are just not at their peak right now but have the potential to make a top 10 list like this. But that's why this list, I think, was so interesting, so difficult, because there are kind of a lot of programs like that that once would have been no-brainers as big-time, big-name programs who don't deserve to be there right now which opens things up for programs like Houston and San Diego state and Oregon and North Carolina to come in and fill the gap.
0: Has anybody ever pointed out that Texas has potential to be a good program before? I I haven't, I haven't heard that before. I I haven't heard that Texas has a lot of resources and probably should be better at every sport. That's, that's not something I'm familiar with.
1: We should uh, do a podcast. Should we do a podcast on that? (laughs) <laughs> we'll do a podcast on that. Um, yeah. And Florida. I mean, Florida, again, we're talking about. Florida, yeah, a couple years ago. You know, back to back, but they just let their head coach in basketball, Mike White, go to Georgia because it was kind of feeling like, eh, it's kind of ended for that guy, but they just hired the San Francisco coach, right, Todd Golden. So they have two new head coaches, Billy Napier and Todd Golden, from smaller school programs that people are jacked about and get back to us in three years, and Florida might be in the top ten on this.
0: It is interesting looking at sort of the perceived blue bloods on each side, how few of them do both well, right? Like, I mean, I did put Kentucky on the list, but Kentucky has kind of just reached a place of, of fine in football that, that allowed them to be there. But, you know, Duke football is kind of in the ditch right now. Uh, North Carolina football historically hasn't been all that good. Indiana obviously in both sports right now is <laughs> struggling uh, UCLA has never really captured things on the football side and then on on the you know on the other side Alabama's kind of
1: trying to add basketball right now and made a great hire Clemson has never been like a consistent they've made the tournament a couple of years but you know I, I double checked on Clemson but their their basketball program does not allow them to be in this mix right
0: now no no uh, you know Georgia who won the title this year of course um, they had a horrific basketball program, uh, I believe finished last in the SEC this year by quite a bit. Uh, and, and Tom Crean got fired. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, I mean, it's interesting. It's very difficult to do both well. And especially when you're talking about both sports being title caliber. I mean, it, it doesn't really happen all that often.
1: Yeah. I'm just saying that I, I showed up on the Ohio State beat and... They made the national title game in both sports. And I, you know, might have been a little Dougie magic coming into Columbus. I'm just saying. Uh,
0: Apparently, uh, apparently Dougie magic only lasts for like two or three years. And then then you're done. I
1: am not. I am not going to make a joke about Dougie magic not lasting that long. I am not going to make a joke about that. I am not. I am not. I am not going to do that because this is a family (laughs) podcast and I'm not, I choose not to, of course I choose not to do that. Thanks to you guys for listening to the college football survivor show. That was, it's been a fun week Tuesday. Go back. I should promote it more. I I was excited about the Tuesday show. I forgot. I was so excited about the Wednesday show. I forgot to promote the Tuesday show, which is only for Apple podcast subscribers. It's a bonus episode. We started our Mount Rushmore of the college football playoff. We did the four best running backs in the eight-year history of the college football playoff. We had a great discussion there. We're going to continue that at different positions. Sometimes those will be on the free Wednesday show. Sometimes they'll be on the Tuesday Apple Podcast show. I think we're creating great, interesting content for you guys. I hope you enjoy it. We're enjoying it, so I assume that means you enjoy it. Thank you for making the College Football Survivor Show part of your week. Again, $2.99 a month to subscribe to the Tuesday show on Apple Podcasts. It gets you four episodes, 75 cents a show. It's cheap, and because of that, I think it's worth it. Read Shahan at CBS Sports. We'll catch you guys next week. Spring football is rolling here, so we're going to make sure we check in again on what's happening in spring football practices. For now, for Shahan, I'm Doug, and that was the College Football Survivor Show. The College Football Survivor Show, where playoff survival is always on the line.